0: Change it, turn and face the strain to change. You wanna be a richer man.
1: Hello and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet at Girl Meets World Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Keith, and today we're talking about season three, episode five of Girl Meets World entitled Girl Meets
2: Triangle.
1: Triangle. The the dreaded part one of six of the epic adventure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I said on my um I said on my YouTube video, which I did another reaction video. I this is might be the hardest episode ever for me to grade because of all it leads up to. Um be, because it is there's a lot of things that I don't like that I also feel like might be assumptions that I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And also I like I liked this episode. Like I enjoyed watching it. I found it funny, but the core issue just doesn't work for me. Like, the core drama... It has a lot of baggage. (laughs) Yeah. I
2: think this episode has so much baggage about the past and has baggage leading into the future. Mm -hmm. And so it is in itself a very pivotal episode. And when you have an episode that's so important that connects the past to the future, it better be damn good. Yeah. And I don't think,
1: unfortunately, this... Falls under the damn good category. <laughs> I mean, I definitely. To me, I don't know. It, it's it's better to me than like high school. Oh but well. <laughs> it, <laughs> but it, but it is it does have some of the same issues. Cause like, I remember I was walking the scene, the Bay window scene, like the first big one where Maya, I thought Sabrina was doing great. Yeah. And it reminded me of how I felt walking high school and being like, wow, the actors are so good. What if the drama actually made some sense? What if the script was good too? I, I, it was, (laughs) and I do want to say, I have a lot of actually positive things to say here. and I'm going to try to play devil's advocate to an extent. I thought it was a funny episode it is also just one that I, I feel like there is some stuff going on here that I don't totally understand yet, and I I do f- kind of want to give them it's the benefit of the doubt. Just wait for it, Dan. <laughs> it all comes full circle. So I'm giving them an incomplete. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I really don't know what to say until I see more. I, if I had to give a grade, it would probably be, like, I don't even know, C+, plus? I I, okay. B minus? I don't know.
2: <laughs> um. Okay, so... The incomplete seems pretty fair. I, I I would like to opt out and give an incomplete, but I think I I have to sort of talk about it as is. Yeah. I think as I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is a decent episode. I'm probably gonna give this like a C plus. The more and more I got into it, I was like, man, <laughs> they're really. It's like funny. But they're really wrapping up some serious logic flaws, like they often do. Mm -hmm. And to me, especially if this is a pivotal episode, you cannot do that. And I think they do that in a big way here. So I'm really going to have to say D plus C minus. Because... Even though I liked most of the humor here, I have to think about what this episode is in context. Yeah. And like you said, I, I it is definitely better than High School 1 and 2, yeah. but it has a lot of the same issues, which is like these logic problems are like, they set up an issue that also might not be an issue at all, first of all, mm. and B, they don't actually depict it as what they say it is. Yeah. Now, we can talk about how a lot of people, I think, us... Also, yeah. <laughs> feel that maybe Maya hasn't changed, and if she has changed, most of it's just her growing up. And the most part, you know, the way that she's being sort of coy and shy is how she has always reacted when she is put in a similar position. Yeah, um, when she's sort of uh,
1: vulnerable, vulnerable, and...
2: and sort of treading dangerous water, that she thinks that she might be responsible for any bad thing that's about to happen. Mm. She's always going to get back in her shell a little yeah. bit, and so. Let's talk about that later, but I just think that funny, yes, serious, should have been. Mm-hmm. Let's,
1: yeah. So, I, I mean, I do want to throw out uh, Ben Savage directed it, Josh Jacobs uh, wrote it. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> um, ben, I did think did fine. It was like, he didn't yeah. do an amazing job, he didn't do a bad job. I mean,
2: the lighting was good. I mean, yeah. I, I noticed looking at the rails, when they were looking through the rails, mm-hmm. I was thinking to what that looked hall. like uh, um, before. Yeah. I was like, wow. The lighting is nothing to write home about, but it's like better. it is absolutely acceptable. Yeah. And so it we don't have that like weird orange forehead light.
1: Mm. Um so now Josh Jacobs Jinglehammer Schmidt is no for- is my name too.
2: <laughs> and there's a funny thing about that is whenever I go out, the people always shout there goes Josh Jacobs Jinglehammer Schmidt. <laughs> la 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 <laughs> So that's gonna be our opening song, yes, right? <laughs> obviously.
1: Um he he's known for doing the more surrealist episodes. He did Girl Meets Cory in Topanga, where they went back into Boy Meets World episodes. He did Bay Window. So did we not use a song from Back to the Future for that episode?
2: Because if we didn't we're stupid.
1: Oh, uh, that's true. I don't think we did. I have no idea what we did. Um but I don't I mean, any things that I, any issues that I have with this episode, I don't really put on Josh Jacobs because this is a bigger yeah. arc thing. Yeah, um, it's... And the f- it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> most,
2: I would say most of it was funny. I don't yeah. know that every single thing hit home, like maybe yeah. Jexica, where I was like, wow, yeah. this episode is like hilarious and great. I wouldn't call it that funny, but it's definitely like, if I was grinning for humor alone, I would give it a B plus. Yeah, see.
1: that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Alright, so, we're doing things a little bit differently, obviously, we haven't even mentioned like, obviously, Caitlin's not here. Yeah. Um, and, She's
2: busy, sorry guys. Yeah. Um, What we're doing here... um. We should probably mention. Yeah, is we're not doing like a super full podcast. We're doing sort of like a thematic talking point, and then we're gonna get right into mail time. This is gonna be a mail heavy episode. We, it's probably not gonna be as long as usual, but who knows? Who knows for <laughs> <about> us?
1: <laughs> I mean, I have a feeling it might be as long as last week. It won't be like at the two hours zone, yeah. hopefully, knock on wood. But yeah, so we're we're gonna probably revisit it next week with yeah. Caitlin. Uh, but so, so, we're starting out with some random things. I wrote a list of random things. The first thing... And he'd label that list, <laughs> random things. The first thing is, I've been hearing a lot of people be very mad at Riley for this episode. It's just when he's
2: laying in bed at night, he just hears them, <laughs> the voices in the head, the walls closing down. And like, oh my god, they're mad at
1: Riley. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, like, I this doesn't... You had some interesting points here, but I guess this isn't an episode for me to be mad at Riley, because Riley is right in the world of the show. Like, the show is agreeing with her, so it's an episode to be mad at the show, and and like... Because if Riley was saying the thing she was saying and Maya didn't have an identity crisis and was fine, then yes, Riley's awful and (laughs) being mean to her friend and saying, why aren't you yourself?
2: That's a really weird psychological bullying is like (laughs) convincing someone and bullying them into thinking they're having an
1: identity crisis. (laughs) And I'm sure there's a horror movie about that. Um, but she's right, and they want us to think she's right. Yeah. So, but now you're right that you were, we were talking while we watched the episode that this in a lot of other ways also reminds us of high school yeah. because Riley's being ridiculous, she's, but the yeah, show is vindicating she's her. She's
2: the stuff. weird, psychotic friend who's sort of making up problems, then gets put on other people. But the problem is, I and I did use the words, you know, while wow, Riley is crazy here, and what I really mean by that is that, um, she can be insane. As long as the universe doesn't back her up. But because the universe backs her up, it is... Yeah, it's it's the universe's fault. Not the character of Riley's fault, per se. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is a troubling trend that we're seeing this season. Is that Riley will have this sort of like... I don't know. Sort of like this angelic wisdom mm. that is garbage. <laughs> and everyone has to take it seriously. Yeah, And I also think that they, the things that she said she could have said yeah. and it would have been fine. And it's not like Rowan did a bad job. Rowan's always yeah. great. you know. Rowan and Sabrina are always great. That's yeah. not the issue. It's that um, the way the show progressed, the things that happened were not enough for that to be the takeaway yeah. at that point in the episode. Yeah, anyway.
1: it was... It's just, I don't... Riley's not insane when he lives in the world that he lives in. <laughs> and that that's how I feel. You know, like... I guess. You know, the world that he lives in, he makes sense in. It's just <laughs> that the world that she lives in doesn't make sense. Say what <laughs> you were saying earlier
2: about, like, sort of, there's, there's an own... It has its own style, the show. Yeah, the I The dialogue saying, has its own style. I was
1: saying, um... But there's like a certain thing. We were watching the the end of the the intro scene, which overall I like the intro scene quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the council, everybody comes together, and has yeah. this council in the well, middle. Well, it of the was hall. the main thing was when we. When I said it was with the the new girl Sage yeah. comes in, and she starts she starts off funny, but then she gets into this dialogue that is uniquely girl meets world, well, where it's like it is cheesy and it is sort of naive and it is sort of prekey but it's in a very specific way that I don't think fits in any other show. Right. Well, well, it certainly doesn't fit here either. It's
2: just, it happens to be here and it shouldn't. It's like,
1: it's almost a style
2: choice. Yeah. (laughs) It it amazes me because it's like, the universe speaks through these characters, but it does it in a way that's like a really strange and awkward decision. It's like, Mm. they both know everything, but also struggle to exist with that, even with that knowledge. Mm. And it's like, it's a strange thing. Well, there's
1: a specific kind of dialogue that any of the characters can slip into, where it's suddenly I'm not the character, suddenly I'm I the am the the omniscient guy. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Lucas does it a lot, especially yeah. in season one. But He's getting better. He's getting better. Yeah. He's getting but better. everybody, once in a while, falls yeah. into it. Um, okay, so, speaking of the writers, I want to read this tweet from the Girl Meets World writer's Twitter account, um, that in some ways, I was a little surprised they didn't quite say all of this in the episode itself, but this kind of wraps up, I Didn't think... Didn't they, though? <laughs> I, but I think their theme is... Which, so they're saying, influence has been the only triangle. There's me and you and what I become because I love you. People change people and change them back. So...
2: <laughs> so, heads uh, up, everybody. GMW Writers is now a cult. Uh...
1: <laughs> so, I mean... That's such a... Re- like That's such a weirdly constructed... Statement. Yeah, we got a tweet from um, <laughs> it from Josh Taylor saying, who talks like this? Yeah. <laughs> and he got like 20 likes. Cold people talk like that. All and, and my response was, the people who talk like this are the ones who are trying very hard to make us think they're not actually writing a love triangle, even <laughs> though they are. Because, look, I, I'm not saying there's read, nothing... Read, I don't know, I, I, read it again. I need to hear yeah. it again. Read it again. Okay. <laughs> Influence has been the only triangle... There's me and you, and what I become be- because I love you. People change people and change them back. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's a a hint of something. That's the thing about girl meets world. There's always a hint of sanity. Something- there's yes. almost a little bit of yeah. sanity there, <laughs> which is because the first thing that I take that I took away when I read this, was like it almost feels like they're saying that loving someone and and changing because of that love is, is a, a dynamic thing. Is is a bad? They're almost like they're saying that's a bad thing. It well, it's Eight. certainly
2: a an irreversible thing. I'm going to use mm. that word. Let's call it an irreversible thing that changes the future, and it could be bad, it could be good, but yeah. no matter what, you can't back away from it, because people change people, mm. and um, no matter what you're doing at a certain point in your life, what you're doing becomes your life. And so, whether you think it's a temporary thing or an offhanded thing, if it's just casual, eventually, the things that you put into your life, they become what your life is, mm. and that... Changes you and it changes the world around you, and time moves on, and you can't take that back. No. And all the little happenstance things that come after that can result from things that grew out
1: of that. Yeah. Well, that's a, my, my first reaction to this tweet, which I've changed a little bit and have I thought about it more. My first reaction was sort of almost annoyance and anger in that I I thought about like my relationship with my girlfriend and how because we know each other and because we've influenced each other. We've both changed, and I think for the better, because sometimes you notice things about yourself that aren't great through the lens of someone else, and I'm like, I think that loving someone can very often, and most of the time, if they're a good person, they make you better. And that why would you want to change back from that? But I think that they're going for the extreme yeah. and being like getting lost in a relationship. This is very and, How I Met Your Mother. This is very <laughs> Lily and Marshall, I think. Yeah. I mean, the- that's the thing, is there is a there is a thing here which is an adult concept of losing yourself in a relationship, is just that they take it to this place that loses relatability for me. Yeah. And, and what's
2: great about this is like they turn it into It has nothing to do with Lucas. It's not even about being in a relationship with a significant other in that way. It is literally um, the friendship love, or Mm. as they are leading us to believe at this point (laughs) in the show, is sort of enough that if these people are so close and care about each other so much, they're just kind of mush into sort of one character, Mm. which I don't think they've convinced me of at all, eh? And... I don't know, it, it's strange the way they're presenting yeah. it. I, I don't think that is what they're showing, it's what they think they are, but yeah. I don't think they've done a good enough job with that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, it's... It's complicated. And I Because I do like the idea, you, you said something in there that I like, which is their defense of we're not doing a triangle is what you guess said, which is it's about the friendship, and that's yeah. the real issue here. Yeah. But at the same time... We end the yeah. episode on the biggest cliche ever... Right. <laughs> uh, ...of love triangles, and yes... The... To be continued. And yes, there is something nice about the fact that the girls aren't there... ...and that they're not there because they found something more important yeah. to them than Lucas... ...but you're still doing a love triangle plot. Yeah. I mean, thank like... God they're not catty. Yeah. Thank God they're not catty. But unfortunately, what we
2: get as a result of that is... ...the thing that holds them back from sort of actualizing themselves in the relationship... Uh, with somebody else is that they're so close that they can't disrupt that and so they, they're they sort of s- just stuck in like a mm. swamp of their own tight-knit yeah. thing which is like so basically there's honestly if this was more organic mm. like there is no room for Lucas there's yeah. no room for anybody in their lives other than them too because they are so yeah, immaculately close together. Well, because
1: the other problem is that they don't talk about Riley's side of it very much, and they act like it's just a Maya problem. But yeah. e- even in this episode, I think you could make the argument that Riley acts more like Maya usually does than that Maya acts like Riley in this episode. Yeah, in yeah. this literal, literally right. in this episode, right. I think you can make that argument. Um, oh, I, but that's episode two <laughs> of the uh, six part. Now I want to talk about finale. I, I talked with Nan from Florida from, on Twitter. Nan's guested us before, and she's a psychologist, and she brought up a few um, like psychological terms that she felt connected with what's going on this episode. And that so, maybe classes and sessions. And that maybe there are deeper things going on here. And I I like some of the stuff. Yeah. And so, oh, there's
2: definitely yeah. slivers of reality yeah. here, but not, they're not necessarily showing that reality. Yeah. They're showing the costume yeah. of the <laughs> idea.
1: Um, okay, so I'm gonna read about enmesh enmeshment. <laughs> uh, enmeshment is the description uh, of a relationship between two or more people in which personal boundaries are permeable and unclear mm. this often happens <laughs> this often happens on an emotional level in which two people feel each other's emotions or when one person becomes emotionally escalated and the other family or and it could be it's often about family members Emotionally escalated, and the other family member does as well. So, like, one one person feels something, the other person feels it, too.
2: I mean, essentially, it's sort of a group polarization thing, but it's a little more close and personal than mm-hmm. that.
1: Um, no, I should say that these, these are quotes not from Nan. I found these online. Um, people. So this is a quote. People in enmeshed relationships are defined more by the relationship than by their individuality, said Rosenberg, also the author of the book Human, The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love People Who Hurt Us uh he goes on to say their self-concept is defined by the other person and they quote-unquote lose their individuality to get their needs met uh rosenberg shares these signs which are indicative of enmeshed relationships i just included a few that i thought might connect with riley and maya
2: from pop culture what do you mean um
1: these are things that rosenberg said as possible okay yeah so one of the one bullet point is when there's a conflict or disagreement in your relationship, you feel extreme anxiety or fear or a compulsion to fix the problem.
0: Yeah, they kind got that.
1: It kind of fits all the characters in this yeah. show, though, let's be honest. Um, when you're not around this person or can't talk to them, a feeling of loneliness pervades your psyche. Without that connection, the loneliness will increase to the point of creating irrational desires to reconnect. They got that. They've definitely got that. The other thing is there's a symbiotic emotional connection. if they're angry, anxious or depressed, you're also angry, anxious or depressed. I got that. you absorb your you absorb <laughs> those feelings and are drawn to remediate them. so I think that has a point <laughs> I yeah. think that has a point my, my feelings though on this are that that has nothing <laughs> to do with this episode though I don't think that's it has in nothing. general. Well no well, I mean
2: it's like the majority of those things. Are just constant things that have always been the case. That literally has nothing to do with Maya in this episode and the way she's yeah. um quote changing into Riley. Because
1: I don't think yeah, none of this to me sounds like changing into the other person. It's it's more yeah. becoming codependent. Yeah, and it's both yourself. both people are sort of flatlining. Yeah, into this um, sort of it's, it's it's like it's like a, a giant compromise. Yeah, or or I've also from from my research that I've done. It also can be like, there's the alpha and and the sub-person, and to me it feels like the sub-person doesn't become the alpha, they just do whatever they want because they want them to be happy.
2: Or maybe not do everything they want, but present themselves in the light they perceive that the other will
1: perceive them as if they were optimized for
2: the other person. Yeah.
1: Now, I should also throw out triangulation, which is another thing Nan brought up. Uh She's going to send us more info on that next week because she wanted to get sources together and stuff. It was confusing to me when I was reading it, and it didn't seem like it fit the episode, but she says it does, so I'll defer to her. We'll hear from her next week. But the very specific thing that is called triangulation is interesting. Not a triangle. Um, Now, okay, so if, if they were going for these psychological things, that's like really deep and interesting. If they don't talk about it in that fashion, and don't bring up the words and meshment and triangulation Uh, and stuff, I have kind of an issue with it.
2: No, because that... I don't feel those things, because I think that whether or not you give a word to something, Mm. it doesn't make it go away... I mean, humans are complex things and they're going to feel all sorts of different things at different times that have different clinical words for them without bringing that up every moment. Unless she's like, go somewhere to be treated, mm. they don't, I don't think they need well, okay, to...
1: No, but the reason I'm saying that is because the way they're treating it, and with the drama they're treating it, it it's as, if we're supposed to believe it's as big a deal as it is, then she should get, go get treatment, and if they're not going to do that, then if you don't bring up these words and like, if i hadn't talked to nan yeah. i would have said this is completely unrealistic and completely stupid now talking with nan make me think okay maybe this can happen something similar like this to some people yeah. but most viewers are not going to have that they don't know these terms and to them it's just like well this is some bs plot device that makes no sense at all yeah, I mean, and the so, other thing is
2: like even if these things are real the way it happens in episode is too convenient and too rushed yeah um i let us take a step back and without getting too uh, much into this clinical stuff is that we talk about on the bay window mm-hmm. how Maya was sort of like we were talking about it when we were watching the episode she wasn 't necessarily being riley, she was just sort of like reserved really like you said like she seems legit depressed she 's yeah. so sucked into herself detached she 's so like sort of dead eyed and like i 'm just letting these things bounce off yeah. of me and go through me, and i 'm not really acting in the world. she just like really um she she seems empty, yeah. And
1: I, I mean, I've had depression, and like, and I looked at that, and I was like, "That looks like depression to me." It doesn't look like her becoming Riley. Yeah, she just <laughs> she
2: seems like devastated to the point where she's just sort of
1: like let go. Yeah. almost is what I'm getting from that. And I would say that. So we're gonna we're gonna in a, in a second we're gonna get into are, are there ways Maya's been changing throughout the seasons leading up to this? We're gonna play a game show, <laughs> but be, but if you look just at this episode. I think even just in this episode, yeah. Maya isn't acting like Riley. She's no, acting like that, Maya. Not at all, yeah. Yeah, like, what is she doing that's acting like Maya like Riley? I mean, like the, Riley. the
2: obvious things is just, like, the appearance. Yeah. I mean, the, the best thing about it is, at, on the bay window, yeah. everything that Maya says to Riley mm. is so logical, and is like, is the voice of reason yeah. her defending herself? And then, like, why does the episode... Prove her wrong and yeah. Riley right for being like, oh no, you're changing into me because you're wearing this outfit that has oh the same Sergeant Pepper's jacket and you're wearing your hair down today and I'm wearing my hair down today, so you're me now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she's like
1: the weird, bossy yeah. psycho killer. I mean, I don't. I mean, like, she might not be being her full self. She might not be being peppy right yeah, now. Yeah, she's not the best she could she, uh, be, but she, she's, she's not she, Riley. Yeah, she's not Riley. And if anything, I might look at her and say, what happened to you? You seem like you're depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to read this this tweet from Stickle 24 that sort of leads us into our next section. Um, Ryan says, Maya becoming Riley hasn't been a gradual process. It literally happened over two scenes. It felt forced. Now... Um, I have some ideas here, um, some from Nan, some from me, of ways that for playing devil's advocate, Maya has been changing between season one and season two and and all that stuff.
2: Well let's let's clarify that um word. Changing because let's say of course she's changing. Yeah. Years are passing, she's growing up, she's a teenager growing up into a young adult. Yeah. She of obviously is gonna change. So she's maybe okay if she's not jumping up yeah. on desk. It doesn't mean she's less herself, maybe that just means she's not yeah, 12, yeah. or whatever, you know.
1: And let's also throw out that, to me, a lot of the changes in season two were, we still, in season one was not a great show. Yeah. We were still <laughs> figuring things out, and like, we, I mean, we, when we did our review, we were saying that we felt like Maya was one of the only characters who went down or didn't get better in season two. Right. But, I felt like some of the changes were just them trying out new things and seeing if they worked. Right. You know? Uh, but I will throw okay, so a couple things. Um, that in season one she was sort of more more tame, and in season two she was throwing more tantrums. And as examples, I'd say Mister Squirrels, where she was really upset about her height; Bay Window, where she was so emotional there, and even maybe something like in Legacy with her falling down to, and, and breaking down. Uh, but in, in front season of two,
2: it's it's hard to quantify those things as changing because in season two we just had more drama yeah so if we had that level of drama in season one would she not have acted that way we don't know yeah because it was only like father was the only time she ever anyone ever actually dealt with anything yeah
1: you know what i mean yeah and i will say okay so in legacy, that falling down, I can see how that might seem like a Riley type thing, and it is close enough to this episode that maybe they meant it that way. But to me, it would to me it was just a joke of you know Topanga says, "Oh, no one's just nobody's as strong as Maya," and then she falls down, displaying that the situation with the triangle gotten so bad that it even broke Maya. That doesn't seem to me like she's become Riley. She just broke down. And same thing with Bay Window, where it's like, I think it completely logically makes sense that Maya would be that upset in that episode. That thought her becoming Riley. She just, that meant something to her from her childhood, and she lost her father, and she's, that it makes total sense that she'd always have been afraid of change. And so... Yeah, it's like Yes, saying Riley that, used to be afraid of change. Also, Riley stopped being afraid of change. So that's a change. You know, like <laughs> we're talking
2: awesome about King. like really normal teenage feelings. Yeah, and we're saying that like Riley has a monopoly on these feelings, <laughs> and that the moment that um, Maya has them, my, yeah, Maya. The moment that Maya starts dealing with some things, she's suddenly Riley. That's yeah. absurd.
1: Um, now, the next thing I have is the way that Maya interacts with boys that he likes, um, where you could say that he. Maya's always been called impulsive and that you could say the way she was acting with Josh and liking Josh was very impulsive and out there and outward. Yeah, there was a lot of things about that. (laughs) Um, Whereas with Lucas, it seemed like she changed. She was more shy, insecure. She was awkward, such as in Texas 3, how awkward she was, the way that Riley was awkward with their first date. I will say, okay, maybe that was a parallel but she also dumped a milkshake on his head in that episode, which was very not Riley. And at the campfire, she definitely wasn't Riley. So, like, yes, there are similar, but just because there are parallels to me, doesn't mean she's turning into this person. Yeah,
2: I also like, about the um the thing with her her first little romance there. Yeah, I just think that the way they were writing with the Josh. Josh the Josh things, I, I mean, most of it was supposed to be comedic. It was so overblown and everything. And yeah. then it only got serious when college girls blackmail Josh. <laughs> so it's like, I just think that in general, that's just poorly written all around. Mm. Especially if they were trying to inject some seriousness into it. So I don't think you can even use that on the same scale as something rational.
1: Yeah, especially because to me... If you describe the way she was, quote-unquote, impulsive, is, like, the nicest way you can put it. To me, it is, she was immature and not good at interacting with boys. And that the way that she interacts with Lucas, yes, maybe still immature, but it was relatable. Yes, relatable. Like, I don't care... Yes, some young girls and some young boys can be very crazy in the way they go after people. But jumping on people's backs is not the normal way you're crazy. The normal way you're crazy, honestly, is making fun of them, being insecure, holding it in, not wanting to talk about it. Like, that to me, like, when they went to the Lucas Campfire thing, I was like, oh, finally, Maya has a relatable relationship. (laughs) You know, like, I don't... It's the
2: exaggeration of everything. That then gets turned into a serious moment that's supposed to be held at the same stage as other things. Yeah, that is—it's just a central writing flaw of Girl Meets World, especially when it carries on between episodes, between seasons. When you have something, which is—I don't even want to use the word illogical. It's just like, again, it's a, it's a thematic thing that Girl Meets World, at its worst, has a certain style to it. Yeah, that it uses. And brings back when it's supposed to be serious later, or mm. be parallel to something else later. I think if you really sit down and think about it, it's just like, wow, that just doesn't work like that. You just, yeah. if it's gonna be like that, it has to be a one-off. You can't take that and turn that into something that we're gonna care for for you know another four months. You know, yeah. we can't.
1: I, now, I mean, I do. I'll give them. I'll I'll say that yes, the the, the from Josh to Lucas is a change, and I can see the arguments. But it's more. He's more Riley-like in that respect,
2: but only because Riley had been more normal, human there,
1: <laughs> and you know, yeah. Um, now, obviously, we had talked about in Jessica the yeah. clothes or building up, even in Jessica, the clothes were similar, right? I mean, that um, alone
2: was a nice little touch, but yeah. I don't know that I needed that. And then everything this
1: episode, yeah. and then of course the other the other things they bring up are, oh, you're getting good grades now. She got good grade on one thing for a very specific reason, yeah. which is that she came in with precondition with pre knowledge yep. of that thing. So that doesn't count. I think that was stupid. And not
2: only that, like the it's like, again, it's the preordination thing that this episode... You're Maya, you're not supposed to be getting
1: good grades.
2: This show (laughs) suffers from this preordination thing. It's like, you are born, you are created as a character to fit this very narrow role. Anytime you escape from it, you are punished by the universe. Yeah. And you're called out on it. Unless it happens in a weird way, like with Farkle, when they're trying to fix something. Mm. And it's like, oh... Sparkle is growing, but Maya is changing? What's up with that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, because... And I know... you so could
2: Sparkle, we had it both ways. Yeah.
1: And I know that they're saying that, like, the good grade thing, the no detention thing, the no jumping on tables thing, I know that they're saying those are just symptoms. Yeah. They're not saying that's the main problem. The main problem is that she's not being herself and that she's not bat- standing up for herself. But the fact that those are the symptoms they were calling out... Yeah just really undercut the argument, and honestly, from from our emails and tweets, I feel like really just confused the issue. Yeah, Because the fact that you're not getting attention anymore, not jumping on tables is a good thing. It's a good way to grow up. I will say, in High School 1, she did,
2: um, fail to stand up to one of the weird cult bullies. That's a good point, yeah. Um, but I don't know that it was just... uh, I mean, that episode is just like... I don't even know if I can compare that. But I think that the thing that is important to remember is with with Maya, when she's not standing up for herself, I mean, she's still having quirks in other ways. mm. All the other quirks are still there. Maybe she's not dancing on the table, but she's still, like, bop a ba Yeah. And, like, all these different kind of things. And so she's... All well, the quirks that are, like, lesser incarnations of the mm. standing on the table are still there. She's just not getting into trouble. So maybe if she's not standing up for herself, mm. that's something else.
1: Well, okay, so a couple things. One... To me, the point, like I think that maybe the failing to stand up in high school one might be a foreshadowing. I don't, but, think but, but right. I don't think it was because yeah. she, she tried to, yeah. and the point of it was, oh, she could back in middle school, but now, now it's a scarier situation. Right. Right. And now the other thing I want to throw out is um, Nan would, would want me to point out here because you were saying the dupe-a-dop thing. Yeah. She hasn't done like the scatting around or singing in class thing for quite a while, okay. so you could say that's a to change too—that she's more reserved. I personally took it as they stopped doing bad writing, (laughs) but I well, there's still been things like that though. I'm trying to remember. Like she's, yeah, maybe she's not doing the dance. But didn't
2: she use the Charlie Gardner voice recently? Stem
1: was pretty recent. Yeah, she just did Charlie Gardner. Stem wasn't that long ago. Belief she certainly wasn't enmeshing with Riley. She was, you know, taking a vacation from Riley because she couldn't deal with her anymore. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Also, the ordering of the episodes kind of messed things up, too, I feel like. but uh, yeah. All right. So, we're going to get into some of the happier things, at least from my point of view. Happier as in successful at the <laughs> yes. show? Okay. Um, so, I pointed out a couple of the things that I liked that I thought were funny. Um, we started off back in the hole, which I think was a nice callback. That she wanted to look at the shoes. Yeah. I thought yeah, that Anybody was who
2: wants to do a little project here, pause the scene, um, the first scene where they're looking up, and pause the scene in this episode and look at the lighting difference between this mm-hmm. and high school.
1: Yeah, I liked the whole thing of everybody breaking up by text and con- continuing the cell phone thing. It's good to have little stuff like that. Um, the dr- over dramatic girl running around, yeah. very upset. I thought I was mean, good. Yeah, there were a
2: lot of good jokes starting from the beginning. I think that yeah. unfortunately, as is a theme in this show, is yeah. half the episode will be decent, and it sometimes reverses, but it will either. Start terrible and then help itself, but more likely than not, it starts okay, and the more that they actually do what they're trying to do, Mm. the further they get away from just, okay, these girls are good actresses, (laughs) they're they're funny and they're fun, and the more they get away from that, the worse and worse it is when they wrap themselves up in these weird logic things. So the beginning was a lot better than the end.
1: So I also do want to throw out, I was a little bit... (laughs) encumbered, even though I did like the humor in the intro scene with everybody being dramatic, yeah. I was a little bit encumbered by how much it was focusing on the women. Yeah. And Well, and there they, was... No, nah, I will say, there was one guy... But right at the me, beginning. Yeah. yeah, but to me, I was like, well, then that the joke is that one guy's acting like a woman, not acting... No, but here's like, the other thing, though. I, I get what you're coming from, Yeah,
2: but I think the biggest color on that is the fact that we just happened to follow the mm. girls into the girls' room, because yeah. when they came out, they said, oh, you've been to the, the yes. bathroom? So we have to understand that the same thing was
1: happening yeah. in the boys' bathroom as well. And, nah, I was going to get to that. I was yeah. saying that my first viewing through, I was getting uneasy, because it did feel like, yes, I know young uh, ninth-grade girls are dramatic ninth, and crazy. Ninth-grade women. <laughs> but it was, it was going to a, a scary territory for me, but the fact that they mentioned the boys' bathroom yeah. definitely helped. I
2: can see you getting scared on that, but I think that of all the issues like that that the show has, yeah. I think that they, whether they did it on purpose or not, I don't think they, they came into the bad territory yeah. there in this, this episode.
1: Um, do we want to say anything about the bathroom set? I thought it I was mean, solid it was enough. great that they had a yeah, bathroom set. It was surprising. Mean, it's always surprising when we actually go somewhere yeah. <laughs> new. I really liked it. Um, I like the joke, this stall is taken for my emotions. Yeah. That was good. That was a nice shot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was good. I also enjoyed I'm Sage and Maya being like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I liked in the art class Riley saying, "I will cut my ear off right now." <laughs> um, also, in the context of the ending with the reveal of Maya drawing a cat too, yeah. I like that he specifically called her a copycat. Yeah, I, so I, I will say funny. the
2: art teacher.
1: Mm, let's talk about him.
2: Not was not super excited about, especially at the beginning, because I just thought that his caliber was sort of. Soap opera caliber. I'm not. I don't mean to say that he was acting in an overdramatic way. Just the way he was acting seems like the kind of caliber. He kind of also just has the voice. Yeah. It's just it was so everything was so convenient. Uh, and I know that it's also the, the case on Girl Meets World. But there was something off about the way that that was happening. Though I do want to say about the art scene is they did an amazing job filming that picture and creating that picture. Just in the perfect parameters, where that when we saw it first and the way they had yeah. it close, it was like, okay, it's it's sort of like a van Goghish kind of like mm. pointless, swirly, kind of really dabby, kind of like palette knife yeah. kind of thing. And and then when we had it and it backed up I'm like wow, that is the exact amount of correct optical illusion mm. that when you had it closed, it looked like something in you're backing up. you yeah. like you saw it just enough but not too clear that yeah. you're like now. That's aside from the terrible logic that he yeah. she painted that by accident, which is garbage. Yeah, let's talk
1: about... <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to te- yeah. yeah. uh, talk about the uh, art teacher. Prop-wise. Prop-wise
2: and shooting-wise, it was good.
1: I'm going to talk about... First, I'll mention the art teacher that I overall actually did like him. I think some of the dialogue and just the general plot he was put into yeah. weren't the best, but I think that... The end was better. Yeah, I, I think that I, I he feels real to me the same way. I feel like I could have that teacher the same way I felt like I could have the Spanish teacher. Um, I don't feel that. I I can understand, but I I personally do. It it feels with Maya's art, the way they treat Maya's art, A, it's it's 100% a plot device, because this is supposed to be the, aha, now we've proven to you. This is just like
2: the episode where they're pretending to be each other and like, oh, I found something out about you that you didn't even know yourself. Like,
1: what? (laughs) It, it, It feels like this is the thing we're throwing in your face so that now you can't say we're wrong yeah. because she drew a cat, so she is Riley, even though the rest of the stuff doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because it just feels so convenient. And I, I just picture, like, the way they think Maya does art is her eyes just go blank. And yeah, she she's just, possessed it, yeah, by an art demon. It comes to her, and then she goes, What did I do? What did and, I and do? Like, I mean, Oh God, what have I done? I mean, I know subconscious is a thing, but yeah. they, they really, really yeah. feed into it. Yeah. And you're an artist. Have yes. you ever dr- done so, something like that?
2: I have a bachelor's degree in studio art and art history. Yeah. Um, I have painted many things. <laughs> I have never looked at it at the end and been like, huh, I didn't know that. I had no idea I
1: drew a cat yeah. inside yeah. of it. Secret.
2: Everything, whether it's abstract or you know not objective, should be intentional. Now, usually it is intentional. I can say maybe if you're in high school and you're just doodling... Things are coming out and usually Mm. if that's the case, you're probably not the best artist to begin Mm. with. That's like not something that an actual artist would do. Yeah. And when they do it and they're just doodling, um, it's not going to be a cat. (laughs) Uh, You might look at it and say, hey, that kind of looks like a cat, sort of. It's not going to be like, oh man, when you back it up, it's a perfect cat, man. (laughs) Oh, hand me some of that purple.
1: I want some too. Well, okay, so there's two things. One... Maybe Maya just does drugs when she's doing her art. And two, you said you've never accidentally drawn something. My question to you, have you ever taken a step back and looked at it from afar? Maybe there are cats all over the place. I will say, I work rather large,
2: and I do that all the time, because I have to. All right. Uh, In fact, I think that if you are a good artist... You should never only work on it close mm. up. You constantly have to get up and mm. back up, and depending on the size, how far away you have to go, because when you're working on something, you don't know what it looks like.
1: <laughs> now, I'm going to go back to some funny things I liked. Yeah. Uh, I thought the thing about Zay had thought about the girls before, and Lucas not wanting him to. was a nice little back and forth. Yeah, That was funny. I liked the initial thing, but I think they took it too far. Mm. I liked Lucas's balala Lu. Ne- I'm never doing that again. Yeah, um, But you... I think there were funny bits in this scene. Yes. Overall, you had issues with this scene. Yeah,
2: I think this scene being a callback to the end of the Lauren arc... Um, well, not the end, but like the M- middle-ish yeah. end. Um,
1: right before the breakup.
2: Wasn't really earned in this moment. I also think that thinking back to when Sean was feeding Corey the questions... There was a certain agitation in Ryder Strong's delivery that made it work. And I think that here... Even if Farkle was getting upset for more of a comedic reason, I didn't get sort of the flow. The and not even, just like, there's a certain organic mm. thing that has to be there that wasn't. I think Lucas in this scene went back and forth for me because I feel like Peyton is absolutely at his best when he does the awkward humor. Now, in this particular scene, I think he was deadpan- for most of it, I, I, there were parts mm. of it that I liked, but for, overall, Peyton in the scene was deadpan in a muddy middle zone where he's, he was too deadpan for me to understand that he was feeling emotion, mm. but not deadpan enough for him to be, have been devastated. And in comparison, thinking about Maya in the Bay Window, yeah. she was deadpan for me to think she was devastated yeah. and depressed, which was uh, great acting. Yeah. And here, I think Peyton, as far as he's come, specifically in these kind of drama things... Yeah. He needs to... He should have been pacing back and Mm. forth. He should have come over. I think also it is in the direction. It's in the script because it... I just don't know that this...
1: Well, I'll say... Okay, I personally didn't mind the scene. I thought it was fine. I thought there were some funny bits. Uh, I agree with you about Lucas that he wasn't at his best here. And I think a big part of it for me is also just comparing the stakes of the two scenes. It's a big difference because Corey... Was had been with Topanga, loved Topanga, and was potentially gonna lose her. Mm-hmm. Whereas this thing, a huge yeah. life-altering thing, yeah. that's based off of something that's already
2: built yeah. up so far.
1: Whereas this whole Lucas has to decide right now yeah. is just completely convenience. He's had this decision to make for like six months. He can put it off probably for another six months, and it wouldn't be a big deal, you know. And that's why the ratings I, go And down. that's the thing is like I don't even blame like. He, I don't even think that he should be upset in that scene because what's there to be upset about? He could take another six months if he wanted to. Like, this is just normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the fact this is
2: becoming the new normal is challenging to get into. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it needed to be. What could have been the catalyst? That's the thing. Is
1: what was the catalyst in this episode for him needing to choose? The catalyst was that everybody else is being dramatic, and and that they got... They have to be, too. And that they got reminded that maybe their relationship could fall apart. Oh, gosh, we forgot. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about this the entire season, that their relationship would fall apart. They've been talking about this since, like, New Year's. Yeah. it's... Okay. Imagine
2: (laughs) if this happened in New Year's, Mm. sans jelly beans. Yeah. I mean, if this kind of... Or choice the episode, yeah, this is right the, after. Right, the
1: episode yeah. after, this is what should have happened. Yes, That Lucas is like, holy crap, Riley does like me? I have a choice now.
2: He didn't even have to make the choice. That's yeah. the biggest thing. He just needed to be shown struggling on yeah. his own. Where is Lucas when he leaves school? Yeah. What is he thinking? Where is he going? What is he doing? How yeah. is his feelings being all churned yeah. up affecting all those things? And I, I remember we somebody... We need that really bad.
1: Somebody really, that tweeted us, really didn't like that it was at Topanga's. That that scene took place. That, that I, and I and I kind of agree that if it had been about like at Lucas's room or even Farkle's room because we've Couldn't seen even Farkle's room, the boys' bathroom, yeah, yeah. they could have just used a mirror filter yeah. on yeah. the <laughs> post production and just. Alright, I'm going to move on to some other things I liked. I liked Katie being like, I shouldn't be here. This is about my daughter. Kind of meta there. Meta. <laughs> um, I also like later, she said, see you in a month. Don't forget to eat. Yeah. Um, we have a lot about the Katie stuff. This, for- this
2: all comes back to, if you're making mistakes on a jo- uh, on a show, do you make jokes about it <laughs> or do you fix it?
1: <laughs> no, we have a lot of, a lot of people talking about Katie, so I'm going to move yeah, on for now. Yeah. I, I did like the North Pole thing from, from yeah. Corey. I want yep. to see where it goes. Uh, I also liked him saying the secret of blah, blah, blah.
2: And so, uh, let's, let me just back up real yeah. quick, because so like, I think, I, let's not go scene by scene, but I just want to say... We basically have. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. I don't know that it belonged in this episode. Well, the secret of blah, blah, blah?
1: Uh, no, the whole uh, North Pole. Oh, part. yeah. It was yeah. a little extraneous. Yeah. Now, the next thing I wrote down is, <laughs> you had an issue with the bench. Do you want to talk oh, yeah, about yeah the, <laughs>
2: <laughs> They could have chose any bench in the world. The photo that Corey picks up and looks at, like, the girls are obviously photoshopped onto that bench. Like, the shadows, like, her, like uh, Riley's leg is way too crisp cut. Mm. The shadows are awkward. So, it's like, they had a photo of a bench and they photographed them and photoshopped it on them. Why did they not just, I mean, get a bench, <laughs> photograph it, sit on
1: it, okay, photograph that. I mean... It doesn't even have to be a central square bench. They didn't have to say it. It didn't even square. look. It just looked like yeah. any
2: wooden bench in any field.
1: Yeah. Also, even if, if they are going to Photoshop, why don't they just have good Photoshop people?
2: I don't, <laughs> I, what, no, there's just no yeah. reason. Yeah. I mean, they probably spend more time doing yeah. that. I mean, first of all, the girls were sitting down in the picture, right? Yeah. So what were they sitting on?
1: I don't know. I, well, <laughs> all right, let's get into mail time. We said most of it was going to be mail time. Now we're 45 minutes right, Let's go. right, let's go. Right now. All right, I'm going to give you this to read first. It's okay. from Kalen. Mail time. Mail time.
0: Oh! Mail time.
2: A-A-Y-L-I-N, writes in this week. Just <laughs> an email, yeah. Yeah, it's an email. Um, Hello, Kagawi. I am Kaylin Hudson from Twitter. Uh, okay, first and last name. Yeah, if they say <laughs> it, then we're gonna read it. <laughs> uh, this is my first time writing in, so sorry if it's not perfect. Colon forward slash. That's what you call an awkward face. Oh. Just how I'm reading it is awkward. Um, I thought the overall comedy was pretty solid, and I love the use of the extras. It was slightly over the top uh, without being too crazy. I liked the moments with Farkle, Zay, and Lucas. I think that it's the first time they've really felt like legit friends. I also really like the bench and the painting symbolizing the issues in Riley and Maya's relationship. But I do have some issues. The jelly bean scene was just a little bit too similar to the original Boy Meets World scene. Uh, the questions were almost exactly the same. And although I would say that I'm rooting for Leia, uh, I think that Riley would have to win for the specific questions they asked. Also, I don't really understand why the episode was called Girl Meets Triangle, when at least 80% of the episode was all about Maya's identity. And the biggest problem of all is the whole identity thing itself. Everyone kept saying that they broke Maya. But why would improving herself and improving her life be a bad thing? She's being influenced in good ways. Not bad. The worst thing is that they keep saying Maya's gone. But people's identities do change, and that doesn't make them any less themselves. Unless Maya honestly does not want to be like Riley, then I don't see the problem. Another thing. If they full-on start to say that Maya only liked Lucas because she was becoming Riley, I'm going to be livid. Uh, that would be even worse than the brother thing, in my opinion. Sorry if this was too long. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Kalen. Oh, also, side note. I don't see the purple
1: cat at all. XD <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, So, a few things. We haven't even really touched on the is this all leading to her not even like actually ever liking Lucas, which I just think is complete BS. Yeah, the but... <laughs> only
2: way I would be on board with that yeah. is if she was having sexuality, pro- like yeah. str- struggling with that and like having problems with that being her identity. And the reason that I was talking with Caitlin about this, um that she saw Lucas as sort of the obvious choice, the safe bet. Yeah. That he was just unattainable enough and just pretty boy enough that he's like, of course, everyone's going to like him. So not only do I have to show that he's the person I like to prove that I'm normal or whatever, yeah. or um, also it's like, if I have these advantages, I can be seen As the way people are expecting to see me, but also have just enough distance that I can fight with things, play with these emotions, but not actually get close enough to cause too much damage to anyone personally. But now it's sort
1: of unraveling. Yeah. Um, And think about how much more relatable and how much more this would tie everything together if it was about a sexuality issue. Because I feel like so many more people are struggling with their sexuality than that are turning into their best friend, literally. <laughs> like, like, it's... Yeah. And I do want to... Some of the stuff that, that uh, Kaylin brought up, it's just like, if they wanted this idea to come across and for us to take it seriously, the specific examples they bring up are, are not good. Yeah, because, yeah. like, some of the stuff that, that Nan has brought up as far as the way she interacts with boys being different or the tantrums being different, those we, we've had our issues with, but they're they're more dramatic and make more sense than saying, you're better at school now. What a, woe is us. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And I, let's,
2: using the discussion we just had, yeah. um, let's talk about real quick, what we almost talked about last time is like, what are the things that this show, Girl Meets World, needs to have to prove itself that it is a voice of this generation? What are the things that this generation needs to have tackled and talked about that make it worth our time and worth everybody who's growing up um what would makes them want to say, like, you know, I remember this show yeah. five years from now, ten years from now, this, is from my childhood. this was worth it to me because this was the voice of our generation. Yeah. What are the problems happening
1: right now? Um, I mean, this is kind of a side note, but I'll throw in a few, few things. Yeah. I, I mean, especially given that MJ's whole mission statement with this was, I want to bring this to a new generation because right. their problems are different and right. they're harder and there are new things to talk about. Right. Uh, I think they've done... Some things, okay. They've talked about the STEM issue. They've talked about the stuff in Jessica with the internet. Right. They've talked about they tried in boy. I don't feel like they succeeded that much in boy. Um, the things I think that they could tackle, uh, things such as sexuality, obviously, transgender issues. I mean, honestly, it would be so appropriate right now for there to be an episode about the bathroom debate. Yep. Um race obviously is still a big thing. Yep. They could literally have an episode about school shootings or yeah, global like, climate yeah. and terrorism and things and, like I, I mean, that. And when I say school shootings, I don't mean like in the school, yeah. but like, on like the if, news if you look at there's... if you look at how Rowan is reacting to the way the world is going on right now how depressed and upset she is, yeah. wouldn't Riley be reacting the same way? Right. And, like, you could easily have an episode about that. Yeah. Something and, is like, on the news. Yeah. And maybe
2: she is having a meltdown. She wants to stay from school or she wants to go to school and, like, mm. try to protect everybody. Like, I, something. She would start some sort of awareness. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. What
1: can know. we do? Yeah. And, and again, I, I want to throw out some some props as far as... I feel like they were touching on that slightly do you in... know what the biggest thing about that is? What? If Eric is a senator... Yeah. They literally... All could... the gun stuff yeah. th- and
2: all the sort of, like, global c- climate issues, yeah. like... Why? Is that, does that just go away?
1: Well, so I was going to say, the one prop I want to give them is, I feel like they slightly touched on this in Girl and Goes to Washington with the whole thing of, you have to influence your family, you, if you can't vote, get other people to vote, you have to use social media and get your voice heard as much yeah. as you possibly can. But the other
2: thing that's wrong is, about what? Yeah. That's the thing that's missing, about what? And I'm afraid that they are too afraid of alienating half their viewership yeah. if they take certain stances... On certain things, but I think that well, sort they, of like the responsibility, is, social responsibility yeah. should
1: trump that. But they don't even need to take a single stance. They can have Lucas be pro-gun and Riley not be pro-gun and have a discussion about gun control. Like, yeah. like it's, that's, I'll, that's, that's, I don't know. We're, yeah. we're getting off track. I'm going to read Pape's email. <laughs> okay. But I did like that. Um, okay, so Pape says, Ugh, wow. This episode had the potential to be very good, but overall the humor fell short for me, as did the quote-unquote drama. <laughs> it felt like those... house <laughs> alert! <laughs> it felt like those times in Boy Meets World where Corey would press Sean to figure out his issues. I didn't like it then, why would I like it now? I really liked uh, the Farkle Lucas... He's so, like... Blunt. That's right. I didn't like it then! <laughs> I mean,
2: can I read it? I'm not <laughs>
0: Okay, <laughs> But the overall humor fell short for me, as did the drama. It felt like those times in Bormi's world where the Cory would press Sean to figure out his issues.
1: I didn't like it then. Why would I like it now? Let me keep Teddy reading so that people can understand it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I really liked the Farkle Lucas Zay scenes. The jelly bean thing reminded me of Friends, but I didn't immediately remember the Boy Meets World connection. I understand Friends because they did a pro-con list between two girls very similar. Um, I really hated the Cory Topanga Katie scenes. They didn't need to criticize her parenting. The same message could have come across without any of that. No one knows whether or not Katie is a good parent, and that's that's a weird thing to not have figured out by now. Let me see. I'll read that line again. Oh, boy. Pape uh, is getting his email read twice this week.
0: Yeah. Where the <laughs> hell did it go? The same message could have come across without any of that. No one
1: knows whether or not Kitty is a good parent, and that's a weird thing not to have figured out. Pape, I hope you like this. Vader. <laughs> Do we think that the art teacher will play a Turner-like role? It seems like that was being set up in a way. I mean, I think Sean is still in that zone. There's so a lot of people in that Yeah. Zone. Other than that, I'll have to wait until Upstate to see what improvements are made, but Triangle is a C-plus for me. Okay, um... <laughs> we just had an interesting incident... You should, you should not have paused. You I'm should sorry have kept that I paused. <laughs> we had an interesting incident where I was looking at my email, um, and... Uh, we got an email and it said "From Apple and it said Mail time and I was like, "Holy crap, are we in trouble with Apple for using the mail time theme and breaking copyright but let 's just be <laughs> clarify. Dan
2: thought that somehow Apple owned Blue's Clues. No, 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 no.
1: I, I thought it was like YouTube, where YouTube is responsible for cutting out copyrighted content. Oh, you're content. saying because
2: it happens to be on iTunes. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I thought it was
2: like, oh man, Apple's mad we're using Blue's Clues, like, they have the rights to Blue's Clues.
1: <laughs>
2: but it was just a listener whose name apparently on the email is Apple. This next email comes from Mochi Panda. Hi Kaguya Nation. Overall, I found this episode pretty boring. I feel like that really stands out, as I've hardly said that about any other episode. And it's unfortunate that I'm saying it about an episode that's supposed to be setting up a major arc. It felt like very little, if anything, happened. I mostly liked the opening and thought it was funny. Rowan's humor and inflections in her voice when she was yelling about the shoes was great. Great. I, lo- I loved the way that Sabrina said, "Yes." <laughs> and Maya was saying she liked Riley's quirkiness. And I mean, really, Naomi? Socks and sandals? You are better than that. That Weird thing about the opening. There is a bench that I don't believe used to be there in episodes one through four of this season in front of the bars of the staircase. Given that, where were Riley and Maya looking out of? I like the use of cell phones, and I hope that there's more to come. I also like the saxophone, uh, but I don't feel the same way about it. (laughs) 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 That there's not more saxophone to come. The crying girl reminds me of... someone. I'm wondering if it's in Boy Meets World. Can't remember. I hated that riley slash maya bathroom parallel girls and why weren't the alternate versions of them from Gravity? Um, how many times are they going to do this? Speaking of the bathroom... oh, why- wait,
1: wait, Let's talk about that, that real quick. Well, Can F- I just finish this? Paragraph? Yeah, sure.
2: Speaking of the bathroom, why doesn't it have a couch? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Sage again. I liked her. Hope she's a witch. Okay. Why okay.
1: cannot the world? So... Yeah, the the whole doing the repeat Riley and Maya, yeah, not having them be the fake people from they Gravity did it twice this season, yeah, and
2: not done the obvious choice. and and
1: I, I yeah, I guess wasn't a big fan of that either. In yeah, general. I, it
2: was like a good joke that could have been good, but I think it was wasted and unearned. Uh, I think it cheapens that. Yeah, uh, of all the things that I don't want cheapened, it's the ring power. Yeah, honestly,
1: and I also just think it generally would have been like fun and different from boyamie's world if they had an ongoing fake riley and maya that they like, just popped in every right. once in a while that would have been great yeah like, <laughs> uh, i mean that's why i mean maybe they not? can't like, get those actors back for some how could reason?
2: they not i don't know and even if that's the case why wouldn't you start again and use the same yeah alternate yeah i mean unless they didn't were stupid but i don't know go ahead okay back to mochi panda the way that the three of them, Riley, Maya, and Lucas, talk together about the situation is really cringy and not realistic. I love Riley's first interaction with the art teacher. I laughed out loud. Wow. I think they wrote the art teacher eccentrically. In... Ex- with eccentricity. Ex- art teacher eccentrically. <laughs> One more time, guys. With eccentricities. I laughed out loud. I think they wrote the art teacher. Eccentrically, <laughs> but he kind of grew on me <laughs> that is a hard word to read when you're not expecting it to come up is that even a real word yeah it is eccentrically eccentrically eccentrically, eccentrically. <laughs> yeah i can't i just can't okay. <laughs> eccentrically wow guys <laughs> this and then the uh well, awry last episode yes. ari I can read so good. Maury comes back this week. Guys, I know these words. I'm not <laughs> stupid. I just can't read things out loud. Okay. One more time. I think that they wrote the art teacher <laughs> eccentrically, but it kind of grew on me. I'm curious to hear, to hear Keith's thoughts on this character. Well, if you tune in, you'll find out. I, I actually really enjoyed the symbolism slash use of the purple cat, even though it was super cheesy at the same time. I noticed the purple color metaphor right away, in the first art class, by I liked that end up not just being Purple Noise. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it was actually A Cat Lost in the Purple. Should we just put Purple
1: Haze at the beginning of this again? In, in parentheses,
2: Cat Lost in the Purple is my new band name. Nice. <laughs> um, that was in the email. Uh, I really didn't enjoy the Jelly Beans. I didn't like it the first time in Boy Meets World, and I think they did a poor job of recreating it here. It's not a funny joke, and it's obnoxious. Let me read that in the... Wrestler paid oh, for God! Us.
0: I really didn't enjoy the jelly beans. I didn't like it the first time in Boy Meets World. And I think they did a poor job in recreating it here. It's not a funny joke. And it's obnoxious. And why aren't the guys doing this? And why aren't they doing this at one of the guys' houses? Are they really okay, not okay with slash not worried about that the girls could walk into the restaurant Riley's family owns during this question mark?
2: The right. scenes of Lucas figuring oh, out his feelings could have been it's better. Be so
1: obnoxious <laughs> to <the> do. <studio. laughs>
2: I think Sabrina's acting was the best in this episode out of everyone. Though Rowan agree. wasn't far behind. She did a good job at seeming out of it and broken. A very different broken from flaws in parentheses. Star shutters, Star dot 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 flaws dot dot dot, dot close parentheses period. Rowan's acting during the first scene of this. ...fight on the Bay Window when she's talking with Lucas was really good... ...and I thought that it was surprisingly aggressive for Riley to try to fight Lucas in this way. And the second Bay Window scene from them fighting was just as great acting-wise. I have no idea what to take away from Katie. This is different from Season 1 where she couldn't engage in Meyer's life because she thought she'd be in the way. This is different from Season 2 Katie who was trying to and making progress with her daughter. They've chosen a new random Katie that just barely seems to care... But at least Maya's feelings towards Katie make more sense if she's like this more often. They just need to figure out how to consistently write this character. And it was also weird that during these scenes, they were kind of acting like it was a new trend for Maya to be at the Matthews' house. So much when that obviously always have been the case. Uh, Maya's acting differently from how she used to be has little to do with this, most likely, I hope Lucas being afraid of Topanga stays a thing. Interesting that uh, to note that he wasn't afraid of Katie. Ooh, it's like Ooh. kind of like a mother-in-law oh. issue. Okay.
1: But also, who would be afraid of Katie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Topanga and Katie, there's kind of a okay. difference, just get, generally. Get ready, get ready. <laughs> yeah.
2: Here comes the caps locks. I
0: want to know where Thunder and Lightning went on
2: their adventure! Oh my gosh, that actually sounds like an awesome short for Rowan and Sabrina too. Ha, ha. <laughs> I really like... Cherries. Oh, Cheryl's. Yes. Yeah. Did he spell cherry? Cherries. It says cherries. Okay. Um, Or cherries, I guess. (laughs) I really liked Cherries' delivery of okay Mm when they left. I like uh, disappointment. Pointed, scary, Yelly, Lucas. Lucas needs always to always yell. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I will
1: say, I think we forgot to mention that I really liked Lucas's okay thing uh, in the tag. I thought that was funny.
2: I like disappointed, scary, yelly Lucas. Lucas needs always to always yell. Overall, I think this episode is a B minus slash C plus. Thought from earlier this week, if Maya isn't straight, then Lucas could have originally been thought to her as someone safe to say she likes because it can be played off as of course you like Mr. Perfect who doesn't, and she could have thought he wouldn't like her if she had a lot of confidence in Rukus. Like she couldn't use Farkle as a cover because at the time it was more obvious, he'd take it very seriously, probably off the mark on this, but thought it was worth throwing out there. Dang, this was a long email. Sorry, not Sorry. But, sorry, I couldn't have been there tonight. I hope you all have fun and enjoy the podcast. Spoiler alert, secret message.
1: So, this was a great email. Thank you for it. But I will say, in the future, I try to be a little shorter. We can't always read emails like, this like long. Like we do on our podcast. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Alright. Uh, we're at the tweets now. Tweet Give me- time! Yep. Perfectly Auri. Perfectly Auri has some great things to say this week. Just like last week. I'm a friend of the Auri. Um, so they say, maybe if the episodes were in order last season, it would have made a greater impact, but because they showed it out of order, we never got the full impact of Maya's change because everything was jumbled, question mark, is that the problem? No, that's just part of the problem. And I understand why you feel that way, though, because I'm sure it didn't help. I was really confused
2: of what was the email and what
1: wasn't the email there. <laughs> um, then they go on, honestly, I think that they backed themselves into a wall with the triangle, that, and then they do like a dash thingy between fan pressure That's and. That's Uri- called an
2: intero bang.
1: Between. If you fa- read
2: punctuation more, you'd know that. It's important to enunciate your punctuation into vocalized terms.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I think they backed themselves into a wall with the triangle that, between fan pressure and Uriah's accident last year, was never really intended. And now they're trying to write themselves out of it, but it's not quite making sense. I added that inflection. Alright, I'm going to read a few more of these because... Is there anything you want to say about that? Don't I'm...
2: make her sound stupid.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to. I was just being weird. Um, I, I So, I agree. I, I, that it's definitely possible. I, we don't. We haven't seen the whole thing yet. We don't know for sure that this is all... Just
2: wait. It's all in the
1: pilot. <laughs> we don't know for sure that um, this is all about uh, her not actually liking Lucas. But if that is where it's going, then yes, it does feel like they were backed into a wall and came up with some crazy way out of it. At GMW Buzz says, I'm very upset that Katie's character took a step back and I blame Topanga. It was just, just <laughs> It was just not her place to tell Katie to be as strong for Maya when she has never not been strong for Maya. It would have been better if in the past Eps, Maya had made small comments about Katie not being home to listen to her problems. Now let's yeah. really get into the Katie stuff. Yeah. Um I had a big debate with Amanda on tw- on Twitter earlier Ooh. about the Katie stuff. Because- big whole fight. Because I actually quite like the Katie stuff. Um, And I'll say this. In what way, Daniel? I I think, I understand Amanda's issue because I do think it was sort of a, it didn't really make sense. It was kind of a retcon. But to me, they're retconning a retcon because... Can you
2: clarify that term for me, Daniel? So
1: retcon is when you... uh, Have a convention of (laughs) retina. It's when you make a tweak to the continuity Mm -hmm. and act like things have always been that way um so such as revisionist history yeah so kind of like in season two they made a tweak to Katie. I was like,
2: can we, like, make a little video of that? A little doing that tweak? tweak motion sort <laughs> of,
1: like, wrist-twisting, snappy, kind of, like, head-up jolting upwards. Um, they made a tweak of, of Katie and made her, like, suddenly really great so that she could be with Sean. Yeah. And now I feel like they're making a tweak, and they're finding, it's like uh, the panda person said earlier, that it was, like... That crazy panda person. <laughs> it wasn't quite season one, it wasn't quite season two, but for me it was kind of the right middle ground, yeah. where she was not a bad person but he was definitely still a bad parent and it sort of fixed the problem of oh Maya isn't being uh, she's being ungrateful yeah. and we were talking about last week with why it wasn't katie there. Is it worth it to feel yeah. that way and, and why also but like um maya goes to the matthews to put her a on the fridge. why isn't he going to katie right. who seems like a good mother well they're kind of retconning and saying oh yeah katie cares and she likes her daughter but he still wasn't even around in season two either yeah um and so i know it, it was clumsy But if they stick to this, this is the one that I want. Well, I think the root of the clumsiness is I like all those themes.
2: I think you summed it up well. But it was all humor. Yeah. It's okay to have funny things. It's okay to have funny things in serious situations. But if you have the funny thing, be the serious thing that comes back later, it's not going to pay off. You cannot have a funny thing of her oh she's a bad parent and then that is the evidence later on that she's a bad parent mm. it needs to either be a one-off or just a recurring joke that it serves as a one-off each time yeah but if you're making that be the drama that's the equivalent of yeah. farkle seeing the android robot and being like oh man now i'm sad about my life because i'm not good enough yeah.
1: see i don't I, katie's gonna be in these next six episodes ish a lot yeah. i've been hearing so, if this was just like reintroducing us to her, next week she's more dramatic, and it's actually dramatic, and they actually show her issues, yeah. then I don't have an issue with it. And To me, the, the version that she was in this episode is the right balancing point where Maya doesn't seem ungrateful, but it's not totally ridiculous that Sean might still be with her. Right. She's not so bad that it doesn't make sense. And so I feel like this is the right zone to if be If only
2: we in. had a reference to Sean... From Katie.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Well, we might next episode. We're seeing you next week. Ooh, smell, um, smell. <laughs> um, So, I don't know. It was it was okay. Uh, I do want to say... Yeah, that, I like the scene, yeah. but not necessarily in context, mm-hmm. is the way I feel. I do want to talk about the whole Topango was mean and saying, can you be a strong parent? And to me, this is similar to, is Riley being a bad friend for saying these things? No, because not the, in show, the universe. Yes,
2: in reality,
1: yeah, because Topanga is not bad in universe. Because universe Katie is insane. Because Katie agrees with her. She doesn't take offense. She's like, oh yes, obviously I've never been a strong parent. Yeah. And so, so it's just the show has such a skewed morality.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, we again, let's clarify when you say she's not insane in universe. Yeah. Please confirm that that's not a good thing. Don't don't say that. That's not a defense. Yeah. That's an
1: explanation. Let's clarify that. (laughs) That's not a defense. It's an explanation. Yes. Um, At Maria Meets World says Ooh. Sweet handle. <laughs> I hope you guys address that they finally gave us information on Lucas's feelings, because they haven't really showed us that before, and it's been bugging me since the love triangle began. So that was the one slightly good thing yeah. about the Gully Bean thing. I will say, it is interesting that they
2: had Riley saying, don't you think Lucas has a say in this, like I think Lucas yeah. should I say, and they kind of give him a say.
1: Interesting. Yeah, but the th- at the same time, I mean, okay, so we'll see what happens with the, after the cliffhanger, right? Ooh, but in what we actually, what, and what we actually saw in this episode, it really wasn't any new information. Yeah. It was kind of just what we already knew, which is that it, he was, liked, set, it was summary setup. Yeah, and that, that yeah. he already he liked them both and couldn't decide. <laughs> like uh, it was entirely summary uh, setup, which we didn't need. Yeah. At go blue zero says, "Oh man, go all the way to that blue zero. I didn't realize Maya needed fixing because she's getting good grades and no detention. These storylines feel so forced, Boy Meets World actually flowed logically. You know what I'm gonna do
2: every time I see somebody like having a good day or like mm. doing something successfully and be like, you've changed. <laughs> you disgust me <laughs> <laughs> at Sighaga that is C-Y-C-H-G-A says this week on Twitter to us. Following, <laughs> <laughs> they make Ralia's relationship out to be unique when the whole school has their rule slip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're saying what we were talking about before, which is they're acting like Topanga that like that Ralia's relationship is unique, yeah. but it seems like everybody else in the school also has that same which sexuality. some
2: really hip slang, yeah, yeah, we're cool.
1: At just saying T says. Why can't getting good grades not jumping on desks be a sign of growing up, not a sign of copying Riley? Yeah. Also, the hair slash clothes comparison didn't seem too true. As we know, Maya changed her wardrobe and Hur- Hurricane for a very specific reason, yeah. and their hairs always seemed to match. In season one, they both had the same big waves.
2: Uh, yeah, and they just both happened to have their hair down yeah. and parted in the middle-ish.
1: Now, this seems like a job for Fashion of GMW. Ooh. Now, do you know, Keith, that not only have they tweeted in us, oh. they have their own podcast specifically about the fashion of Girl Meets World. Is this a lie? No, this is true. <laughs> this is true? This is true. They do 30-minute episodes. I think it's just one. I haven't listened yet, but I okay. plan to. Yeah. They do 30-minute episodes, but they just talk just about the fashion. Okay. You know what? We're going to do a spinoff, <laughs> and we're talk just
2: about the shoelaces. <laughs> we're going to examine every... Major shoelace shot, which we now we have a lot of because of the this funny little intro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to have a podcast, 30 minutes, all about the shoelaces. We call it shoelaces and other shoe related accessories of Girl Meets World.
1: Now, I want to be clear. I'm not making fun of them. I think it's funny, but I also think it's great. Yeah. Like, I think that's really Oh, fun. I'm serious. It, yeah, it, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. we're going to make this. I mean, as soon as we hit pause at the end of this, yeah. we're going
2: to start writing on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, especially for anybody who's like interested in that, that's like really cool that somebody's doing that. Yeah. So I I that's mean, great. Yeah, we'll say. Yeah. Um, they have definitely
2: branded themselves a very good, unique style on Gromy's yeah, world, particularly yeah. for a Rowan. And I think that they've done a good job making her quirky. I know there are issues with Maya that we've talked about in her clothes and how that's wrapped up into a particular character. Mm. But I think that standalone ass fashion, they've done some yeah, really cool yeah. things that have been like vintagey but new, mm. um, a lot of different influences, and it looks cool. So I mean, I I agree. They always look great, and I think that. Um, Can be a problem sometimes, though, because they shouldn't always look great unless it's Ooh. like a you know, yeah. If it's a serious show, they shouldn't always look great, but they do always look great.
1: All right, so I'm ready for Tweet of the Week. I picked one without asking you. Oh, uh, a jerk. I, I thought s- that was, I thought you said this was my thing. No,
2: you promised me sweeping declaration <laughs> is my thing. <laughs> Next
1: time, I'm sure you'll like this. This is from at Happen Stancery, and they gave us this nice graphic that you can read. Graphic. Look at that. By graphic, you just mean it's text. Well, yeah, but it's, like, fancy. uh,
2: Everything, underlined, seemed forced in bold. Should I scream that? No. (laughs) (laughs) You should just read it normally. (laughs) (laughs) not going to happen. Everything seemed forced. Getting good grades should never be taken as a sign of giving up one's identity. Ditto with the jumping on the desk thing and getting detention. Maturing into better impulse control does not mean a change in personality. Riley and Maya have always been styled quite similarly, except for in colors. Some interesting font changes. It looks like a movie review. Yeah. Um. We should let Lucas decide to dash Maya. Two. Wasn't that Riley?
1: It was Maya. Yeah, it was when she was depressed too. She was like, maybe we should let her let him decide. Oh, I, yeah. I, I misspoke earlier. Yeah. Though. I, I misremembered. Um, I just let it slip. Let it slip down the drain. Where <laughs> it
2: We should let Lucas decide too, dash Maya. Two, Riley and Lucas don't get to pick who dates Lucas. It has always been Lucas' decision. Essentially, this feels like a retcon, creating Maya problems that never existed before this episode, and if that's the starting point, then will the resolution make sense? I'm suspecting Lucas will pick Riley. For now. But no one is ending up with OTP just yet, so I'm annoyed, but I'm not worried. Cool
1: stuff. I guess I like that kind of summed up all the issues in yeah, a pretty yeah. solid way. Um, we do have the Apple email. Do we want to read the Apple email that came after the outline? Yeah, the one that said, like, stop using Blue's Clues, else so we're going to die? <laughs> okay. All right. So this is from, hi, I'm Hayden. And <laughs> and I am a longtime fan slash first-time mail-time participant. Wow, that's a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> First, I would like to start by, ma- by thanking you three, too, for making Whoa. these podcasts. Well, I guess she's been making the podcasts. Um, you never fail to provide various opinions that force us to see the show from multiple perspectives.
0: Whoa, it's like the cat painting all over <laughs> again. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Your podcast, we're so loopy <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Caitlin must tame us or something. because <laughs> uh, I've been lifting a lot of heavy things today, so I feel like screaming, <laughs> if that makes sense. Your podcast makes the show so much more enjoyable, and I can never tell if I am more excited for the episode or your commentary. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's very kind. About the show... I actually enjoyed the first half, but have problems with the drama of the episode. Yeah, happens a lot. I think Dan mentioned this, but I feel like they're they're Maya that... Okay, there's a typo here. I think that they're making Maya's identity crisis into a problem that didn't exist. Yes. The tone of this episode felt hypocritical because it seems as though the premise of season one was Maya should try harder in school and season two was that Maya should have hope and now that the, that, that happened, it's the end of the world. Despite Rowan's amazing acting, I have major issues with Riley in this episode. Why are you trying to Zebrae? <laughs> I don't know. I am zebri- <laughs>
2: and I am a magician slash nothing else. I <laughs> like Ferris wheels.
1: Um, I should always say that the voices we do during the emails are just so that I have fun with the emails. so there's nothing to do with what I think about your email. It gets go with the flow. While I know her intentions are good, she hastily jumps to conclusions and refuses to accept any of Maya's growth. Teenagers will change over time, and twelve-year-old girls, and a twelve and a twelve-year-old girl. No, there's no a there. I saw to mess up. You messed up. A twelve-year-old girl does not act the same as a fifteen-year-old. No longer jumping on teachers' desks and getting better grades are signs of Maya maturing. That seems to be the consensus. <laughs>
2: Or an upped medication <laughs> dose.
1: I have a feeling that everyone's method of quote unquote fixing Maya is going to be going to backfire and send her spiraling back into Hope is for suckers mode. The best line of this episode was Hope is for suckers mode
0: unlocked.
1: <laughs> the best line of this episode was Maya's My Voice is still my voice. Because I think after this viewers might need a reminding that Maya is still Maya and her feelings were not simulated. Like the art teacher implied, we might have to take a step back and look at this episode on a larger scale and factor in the different elements to better understand the crisis. We're going to make a video game called Maya's Feeling Simulator. I like it. On a completely different note, I love the comedy throughout this episode. Yes. The drama in the girls' bathroom was humorous. I was going to say hilarious, but it was humorous. Humorous. Uh, but still showed that the writers are ready to give the show a more mature tone.
2: Because it was in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't know. Because yeah. they talked about parties. Yeah. It, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it good. was one of those things that did feel more like season two of Boy Meets World yeah. with the Monday I thing. I mean, the flow into the bathroom scene. Yeah was so much better than
2: what we're used to in general the, the, yeah. the set flow yeah. and we need more of that and I really hope they use the bathroom scene yeah. even if it's not a major thing they need to have bathroom scenes where they're just going in to talk to run away from something they, they don't need to be crying in the stall at lunch yeah. but they need to just do something
1: you know, you know what I'm mean? surprised by? what's that? And there's no bay window in the bathroom that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs>
2: instead of the couch it's like a little bay window yeah. That would be great. I mean,
1: I wouldn't really be great for a bathroom. But if everybody's in stalls, like, oh, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Although it was small, the mention of parties and dating around made me very excited for what's to come. It felt more like high school. Mm-hmm. I also really love the jelly bean scene. It seems that the show is going towards a Lucas and Riley path, but previous buildup. And the nature of Lucas's commentary makes it seem as though they're saving Lucas and Maya for later? I think my biggest
2: takeaway is for fan reaction is yeah. the jelly bean scene is a really big divide in this episode, yeah. which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I also wanna say, um I know someone earlier said like I don't think whoever ends up with the person is gonna be endgame or OTP or whatever. Yeah. I do believe that however this arc ends, the triangle's over. That, that that doesn't preclude like because they they finalize things that, that cannot resurface. In the I just I, I don't. I mean I'm I'm inclined to agree with someone like perfectly awry who's saying that they never even really wanted to do this triangle and kind of accidentally fell into it and then were like crap right. we have to try to convince people we're not how doing this even though we're doing accidentally? this. Accidentally. I mean s- I, I mean, don't know
2: how
1: how can you that th- if, this is why they think you can subconsciously drop cats. is because they subconsciously put a love triangle into their storyline. it is not a triangle for the last time. When you love somebody, you become
2: like them, and that is the only triangle that's here because life is
1: a box of garbage. I thought it was a highway. No. Okay. I was happy with Katie. I was happy with Katie. Oh, okay. I was happy with Katie. Hey, I was happy with Katie. <laughs> Like <laughs> had problems with Corpanga, and loved the art teacher. I would say, a lot of people seemed to like really not like Corey in that scene, and thought he was just too dumb. Really? Uh, he was, in the context... No, he was very Corey. In the context of how he's been throughout the season, I can understand where it could get tiring for people, yeah. but I thought he was funny. No,
2: that was super Corey. I mean, yeah. that was spot on, the way he would... Because he's silly,
1: and he's yeah. like... Those are like, oh, I want to see what happens, you know? Yeah, that and that's
2: exactly what Corey The thing is. was,
1: I was kind of like more on his page than maybe anybody else's because the drama wasn't real. It was all absurd yeah. anyway, so, <laughs> so if <laughs> everything is crazy, you might as well have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, I was happy with... K- oh, I already said that. <laughs> okay. I was happy with Katie. Um, and I loved was the- happy with Katie. And love the art teacher. I think that this was a good episode overall and would give it a B. I hope this email wasn't too rambly for you. XX Hayden. P.S. I graduated high school last month and would be happy to chat with you on social media if you ever want a high school girl's perspective. Oh. Okay. Um, getting real. Getting real. No, I, I do want that perspective. You know what? I think
2: you should talk to the writers. They need it. Yes. Hayden,
1: <laughs> email them. Oh, man. All right. Thank you, everyone. God bless us. Um, I'm seeing if there's any good tweets. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Oh. The emotions relayed in this app were great, Robrina, but the motivation for them was not. I don't know if that makes sense. That Wait, is did you are you reading something? Did yes. you introduce it? At Bumblebecca. <laughs> did you start reading it? I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> Thanks, Bumblebecca. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> At Looney Tune, at Looney underscore Tune says, yeah. Something occurred to me. Maya's upset she's dressing like Riley, and it occurs to me they did the same thing to Smackle. Yeah, give me some, give me some of these nice tweets. Yeah. Alright. some tweets. I'm going to be super glad when they finally toss this triangle storyline in the dumpster. <laughs> I'm just sick of that, at this point. Oh, uh, this is the end of it. The- I'm just going to read the last Looney Tune thing. Also, the whole, oh no, Maya's getting good grades and maturing. Make it, make it stop. <laughs> thing was just awkward. Yeah, I think it's like, it's funny
2: if it's a joke, but if it's more than a joke, that's an issue.
1: Yeah, and I I can just picture, so so the people who liked this episode, I can picture them like, tearing their hair out, hearing everybody bring up the good grades thing, because I do think that that was supposed to be a... A, a a simple a symbol of a one of the ways in which she's changing. The problem is
2: it was a terrible symbol. Yeah, the problem is costume of the idea yeah. again and again and again. They're yeah. supposed to be serious yeah. and they give us garbage and, to back it and up. And
1: I feel like the examples they used, they definitely use more bad examples than good examples. Because yeah. the only real good example is why don't you have backbone? And like. She seems depressed. That might be why she has no backbone. back. <laughs>
2: Which, they could go into that yeah. and it would be a good episode, yeah. but they didn't, and they leave us in this weird... It's always like, they try to show us something, they show us something entirely different. Yeah. Parts of those things, are uh, parts of at least one of those uh, objects, whether it's the, yeah. what they're trying or what they did, are good and could have gone in a better direction yeah. and been a good episode, and they just all get mixed up and muddled and go yeah. almost nowhere.
1: That I mean, it's... Why? Yeah, Because, look, I can even maybe buy that Maya is having an identity crisis and that she's losing herself. Because if you look at, like, how she acted in Texas, how she acted in New Year's, how she acts in this episode... But not because of Riley. Yeah, but she isn't becoming Riley, and it doesn't seem like it's... I mean, maybe there is some tie to Riley, but it's not because she's becoming Riley. I mean,
2: obviously there's a tie, because there's uh, there's a conflict involving her, and they're so close, like we talked about before, that they're so... I mean, there's, they are codependent. Yeah. They're, they're really codependent, so there's obviously a big influence. But it's not like... Who, are, have... you, who are your influences, Dan?
1: <laughs> but um, also, like, it's if it is that they're codependent, which they 100% are, yeah. uh, why is this all focused on Maya? Because what? it's not like Riley isn't codependent. <laughs> more so. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: she literally was trying to, Although, like... Although, that's an interesting thing. Is Who is... I mean, I said more so, but the more I think about it... It's hard to tell. I think that... If you talk about... If you isolated Riley... Yeah. A, and you just took away everything that builds her life up... Yeah. She would be more codependent. Yeah. But the problem is... She has more people around yeah. her. Yeah. She has more opportunities. So in the context of her life at its best... Maya is more
1: codependent. I... guess in that... Yeah. The what comes with Riley. Right. But I think... But my, Riley super, super, super is... I mean, she was gonna... She was trying to convince herself that she saw Lucas as a brother to protect Maya. She was... He tried to, like, subconsciously trick Ma- Maya into realizing that he was being bullied, so that Maya could help her. Like, it's, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't. There's too many subconscious things happening. Yeah. I don't want that. Just be and a surface like level. It's
2: not even subconscious. <laughs> it's just bad writing. Yeah, I and mean, let's be real. Let's not let's not overcomplicate it by looking for psychological terms. Even they, even if they're real, even if they're legitimate. In this case, it's just. Bad, confusing writing. Yeah. Anything that becomes justified after the fact is just a rationalization that is meant to protect
1: the egos of the creators. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I, we haven't seen the triangulate thing. That seems pretty, like, that That could be a big deal, and I could have actually meant to do that. The problem, again, that I say is that who's going to get that other than a psychologist? and instead you're just going to say this seems irrational and weird and if because if they're going to take we're going to take it to the level of oh these are psychological issues and are that dramatic that we have to give them psychological terms and they're going to have to work through them then it can't just be an easy fix
2: it's a joke now yeah,
1: yeah. it it can't be an easy fix she's going to need actual help but i i mean i'll be flabbergasted if it isn't some magical easy fix yeah. you know so it, it's it, will, it came up out of nowhere, and it will go away just as easily, I feel like. Now, I
2: hope... Isn't that a commentary on our internet culture? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I, I, I happen to remember a few episodes back. <laughs> now, I feel like if you really like the episode, you're going to hate this podcast. But if you were in between or you were negative, you're going to like this podcast, because I feel like we had fun with it. Yeah, I mean, again... I the
2: worst parts of this episode is because it was trying to shoot high, mm-hmm. and because it's the beginning of something important. Humor-wise, it was okay, it was pretty good. The biggest issues is the logic and the context. Yeah. All the
1: baggage that comes with it. Yeah. Wrapping up, if you want to be part of our Mailtown Spectacular in the future, Whoa. send us an email at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. What's Whoa. that? gmwpodcast at gmail.com Check us out on Twitter at gmwpodcast Check out our website gmwpodcast.com And uh, on there we have our iTunes link our Google Play our Sticker all that cause Send us a nice review We actually got some nice reviews so I should probably thank those people I'm gonna do that really <laughs> quick um, As I talk about that I will also say check out my YouTube I've been YouTubing uh, the reactions, and we're going to do more YouTubes. We have lots of plans. Oh, we have another tweet. Want to read that? Go ahead. All right. So, oh, man, lots of tweets. Okay. <laughs> from at 5 I really liked it overall, especially the second time. I agree that there maybe seems to be something of a little bit off. I'd probably say a B plus. B plus is kind of low for me, but I still really liked the humor and the plot development. Um, I was actually thinking of you guys when walking Okay, this is a separate thing. He was talking. He was responding to something else. So, thank you, Emily. Blah blah blah. All right, what am I doing here? Getting? I was getting yeah. reviews. Reviews. Okay. Um. So also, I want to remind people that the kakao Anniversary is coming soon. Yeah. So again, Pape and Mezzovanella get on that. We're going to do predictions for next season too, which will be exciting. And we're going to do that all the video special. spectacular. Um. Also, adventures in babysitting. I don't know what we're doing with that, but we're gonna probably do something. Probably next
2: week something. Yeah, we'll hopefully. figure it
1: out. Yeah. Um we have lots of cool stuff. We're gonna revisit um uh, yeah. this episode with with uh, Caitlin. I don't know, we'll probably just do a video or something. Maybe we'll, like we'll a,
2: figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out.
1: I'm trying to vamp your favorite word. As I find these. That's a vampire ramp, right? That's a vampire ramp. Yeah. All right. I'm bringing up these reviews, and I just want to thank the nice people out there. So, at. I'd like to thank the little people. I want to say thank you to Honey Love, L U V 18. (laughs) And. So, just to be
2: clear, it's Honey Love, and then it says L U V 18, right? No. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, And I also want to thank Infinite. Oh. Infinite, ni infinite Infinitine infinite Infinitine infinite <laughs> infinite <laughs> Oh man! And I want to also thank DJL Junior for being really mean to us and giving us hate mail. Did you really? Yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I'm gonna read it. Oh, he's gonna read it. Oh, where is it? That's the oh, one. Oh <laughs> This one comes in from DJL Junior. June 8th, 2006.
0: This is a kid's show! Don't listen if you like Cool Meets World. This podcast treats a great comedy show aimed at kids as Breaking Bad. Impossible standards! The Season 3 review is awful!
1: A, funny because we haven't done a Season 3 review. B, funny because... We have impossible standards, but we gave two episodes in a row an A and a B plus. <laughs> Keep the hate mail
0: coming, but don't give a low review. Tweet it or email us. Dream,
2: try, but one more thing. What? This has been a really interrupted outro. Yes, we have a new format.
1: What? We, oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about this. Yeah, go yeah. ahead.
2: So uh, we recently started up a. MySpace page everybody Cause Keith's a wackadoodle There's almost nothing on it yet But there should be something
1: at Sometime this year <laughs> After Keith does the art <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you for that It's it's, it's what, myspace.com yep. Slash EMW podcast Yep, if anybody wants to teach me how MySpace
2: actually works <laughs> Or help me, please tweet in Or email us instructions on how to use
1: it Because I don't know I love how we have a MySpace but not a Facebook
2: Yeah well if that was the And joke. we
1: basically don't have an Instagram either. Let's yeah, well, be honest. Well, so the
2: thing is, I was actually gonna mention to you, I might as well mention it to now yeah. so all our listeners can to hear maybe get excited. I wanted you, since you have Instagram on your phone, because yeah. I I can't, my phone sucks. Sad stuff. Um to just as we're like when we set up and when we break it down, mm. just we should just take this like, oh hey guys, yeah, we're podcasting, check out our feed. So yeah, I agree. Let's do Let's that. Let's do that. And, like, anytime like it's just like, oh, here's a microphone. Hey, guys, we're watching the episode. Here we are. Yeah. Hey, guys, here's we're setting up. Here's the microphone. So I'll,
1: yeah. I will certainly add pictures. The main reason I haven't, like, dove into Instagram is because I currently have five Twitter accounts, and that takes up quite a bit of time. <laughs> so, I just think that when
2: we we should just yeah. do a little.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I will at minimum update pictures. I'm just not necessarily going to be like following people and messaging them yeah, back. No, that's what I'm not talking about. That, what... but YouTube guys, I have plans for lots of YouTube videos. Oh, man,
2: we got little scribbles on pieces of paper. We got notebooks. We got things. We got lights. We got cameras, and you know
1: we got action. I love how this podcast could have easily been like 20 minutes <laughs> shorter, but we just kept going, even though we're technically under a time budget. All right, thank you for everything. Dream,
2: try, do good. Class dismissed. And the
0: old triangle went jingle jangle all along.